1: And if you enjoy our podcast, please give us feedback by rating us five star and share us with others if you think they may benefit from it. On behalf of my team, I thank you for your
0: presence. This episode is about how to work with our very challenging emotions What about our thoughts and beliefs about our loved ones and how to make decisions when we are in the midst of turbulent times? This particular uh, story and coaching session is about Vicky, one of my team members, who is from Ukraine and somehow miraculously managed to be out of Ukraine on the 11th hour. But really, this applies to all of us who may be experiencing these turbulent emotions somewhere in our life, professionally, relationally, financially, and uh, we feel stuck and don't know what to do with our emotions and how to make decisions that are wise and helpful. I hope that uh, you benefit from listening to this coaching session and somehow I hope that it serves you. Let's take a listen together.
1: Hello and welcome Vicky. Hi, Nidra. Hi, Vicky. Um, I am speaking to Vicky, who is one of our team members and she is from Ukraine. And uh, the time that we're recording this uh, video and this podcast, we're actually speaking to Vicky uh It's around a few months after the attack of Russian government and troops to Ukraine. And she has managed to somehow leave Ukraine and be in a safe place in Europe. So this session is all about how she has worked with and how I can help her to work better with these unusual, very, very turbulent emotions and times That and experiences that she's going through. So having said that, Vicky, can you tell us whatever you're comfortable sharing with us and with our audience?
2: Yes, Mitra, thank you so much for this uh, introduction. Um, My name is Vicky. (laughs) You have introduced me. I am right now um, in Europe. I am safe, um, luckily. And as you've mentioned, uh, probably at this time, it is uh, one of the biggest challenges for me and probably many people in Ukraine uh, is um, dealing with really charged emotions. And this is my personal question I have to you and probably the question from uh, many of my friends who are in Ukraine um, right now is how to deal with heavily charged emotions. And maybe I can be a little bit more specific. The emotions I mean are anger, hate, and it is in such a big amount inside of me and inside of many people that, is it healthy to have this emotion? Is it not healthy? What is a mindful way out for this emotion? Is there any way how to work? Um, with these emotions mindfully?
1: Wow, great question. Um, Let me, and I really mean that. I know everybody says this is a great question, but you're asking a great question for times of turbulence and, and unusual events in life. And that honestly can be applied for anything. I mean, in this case, it's the war in your country, but it's also a question that they can say if there was an emotional war happening inside of us. So you asked a very good question. You said, is it healthy to have it? Absolutely. It is healthy. Whatever emotions you have, you know, it's healthy to have them. So it's not having the emotions that we worry about. And that's actually the key question you're asking, because sometimes we say, I shouldn't be feeling this way. Well, we can't should our emotions. If I have this feeling of anger or, um, in your case, even hatred, for, you know, particularly a person that is harming people. Well, is it healthy? Of course, you're going to have it. Um, It's very common and it's, it's a very charged emotion. The question is, how can I use this emotion in a healthier way, as opposed to should I have it? Yeah. I mean, if I have it, I have it. I can't stand back my emotions. But what I can do with it is that I can use it in a different way, if that makes any sense. Does that make sense, what I'm saying? Yes, it makes
2: sense. It's just hard for me to um, imagine uh, a healthy way of how to work with it or where can I
1: direct it, maybe. Fantastic. Exactly. Because what we do uh, when we are in, in in sort of difficult times, we do exactly what you're doing. So it's very common. We say, should I feel this way? I have hatred. I have anger. And we have been told all along, these are like bad emotions. Well, there are no bad emotions, my dear. There are emotions that are comfortable and there are emotions that are uncomfortable, but there are no bad emotions here. So is it okay to have them? Absolutely. If you have them, then it's okay to have them. But now let's talk about how can you work with these charged emotions. Well, these charged emotions are a blessing because that means they have active somebody has activated or some events have activated the birth and the movement of energy in you. Because now everybody knows emotions are energies in motion. And now they've activated in you. Now the question is how do I invest this emotion That has been activated in me. We can continue on the path of anger and hatred. That's one option. And my job is not to tell people what to do, but I'm I'm here to guide you and you're asking me. So my invitation to you, dear Vicky and dear anybody that is listening to this uh, podcast is that see these charged emotions as an asset that you can invest very wisely. If you look at the history, normally, usually, when something has happened in people's lives and they have been able to use that event and the energies that have consequently been created and born out of that event and put it in a very useful way, either personally or collectively, that's when we have made history. And I want you to make history. And by that, I don't mean that you go and start something that will help everybody in the world. I'm asking you to create a personal history. Let this be a point of reference for you, that you can tell your children that I know you're planning to have one day, or your, your uh, people that you're serving, or your friends in, in the future and hopefully very near future, that that was my turning point. Allow it to be a landmark in your life that you can say, since this happened, I did and allow that to be something useful for you. So one was, I I say two things so far. One, I said that you need to see these emotions and welcome these emotions as guests that were not invited, but as guests that are very welcomed. That's the first thing I said. The second thing I said was that now you are at the choice point. This is when the choice is born. All those talks that I know you know I talk about is is about choice points. This is a fantastic choice point that you stop and ask yourself, how do I use these emotions and allow your free will And your amazing power of choice to be your guide and to allow you to use this time and these emotions as a turning point, at the very least in your own life. I know to some degree you've done that. So I'm going to put that disclosure out. But I also want you to be more cognizant of the fact, more aware of the fact that you have that choice. And these are unbelievable times and unbelievable opportunities for you to do things that you've never done before or you never had to do before. I mean, that's when people say, when I I got sick, when I got fired, when I got divorced, when I got kicked out of my country, when there was war in my country, when they told me you were no good, that's when fill in the blank. And allow that fill in the blank be filled by you, not by the rage and anger and hatred. I'm going to pause. And I'm going to let you speak and see how this is landing and if it's this this is landing for you.
2: Uh, yeah, you've uh, mentioned this uh, phrase, like a turning point. And um, this is exactly what I've been experiencing recently. And, you know, even when I speak with my friends, sometimes I say this phrase like in my previous life and by previous life I mean my life before the war and um, sometimes it's really difficult for me you know though I've been a practitioner like I've been going in for yoga uh, for more than 10 years already and I do meditate plus it's not the first time in my life I'm fleeing uh, the conflict unfortunately so you know I have this experience of accepting that probably the life I'm used to will never be the same, meaning uh, that I just need to accept the fact and move forward. Um, What would be your advice maybe at this point how to let go the idea that the past life or the life before can come back at some point and be similar? Uh, Should people do that? Or as soon as we accept the fact that it will never be the same again, it will be easier for us to let go and maybe make those choices
1: for future um, and just to leave, to keep living. Mm. Um, Yes, I just wanted to point out that uh, Vicky is pointing and referring to the time a few years ago that she had to leave uh, Ukraine And it wasn't as harsh as this. It wasn't as extreme as this, but it was very similar experience. So you're really asking, how can I not experience the uncomfortable experiences that are repeating in my life, correct? Yes. Okay. So I can tell you this, that the events of your life may not be in your uh, control. Because I don't, you didn't know that Putin will do what he did, uh, and these are things that are at, at least at the personal level in this moment are not in in our control. What you can change, and that's that's my invitation to you, is to show up differently when they do take place. So those are the things. There are some things in life that I can change. So if it's at personal level, for instance say you and I communicate a certain way and I don't like it, okay? I can change that because it's in my command, but I cannot change that somebody will, uh, and in in history, will go really, really mad and do things that they have done in the past. We, I mean, look at the history. This is not the first time, even though we're hoping it's the last time, but it may not be the last time. So that is not in my command. What is in my command is that I will show up differently. And I think you referred to the very first step of that kind of movement. And first one was acceptance. A key word, a provoking word that I use. By that, I don't mean accept the fact that it's okay and agree with the fact that Putin is doing what he's doing in Ukraine. I'm not saying that, or for other people who are listening, I'm not saying that put up with the perhaps the violence or or whatever it is that you're experiencing. I'm saying accept it as a fact that is happening, that you can actually start taking action about it. I need to say that it is happening. So acceptance that it happened. Because I know, as human nature goes, we deny it, it's just, it's temporary and it's not going to be bad. You and I talked about the war in the beginning, and that's how we talked about it. I remember saying, oh, it won't be that bad. It's just a few days. It's, it won't happen. But it did happen. So we, because it's hard, we actually deny some of the most difficult things that are happening in our lives. So first one is accept that it's happening and even accept that it may happen again. But what we're putting your emphasis, hopefully, on is the power of choice that you have the fact that you can show up differently the fact that you have shown up differently this time you were far stronger you have become far more mature you have taken charge you have taken action this time you realized oops this this may be a pattern i need to do something so you did what you did and we won't get into the details and you got out of the country just on time literally on the last minute of, of that opportunity that existed for you. So one is acceptance. And then two becomes the action, a wise action. So I accept what is going on in my life. I'm being treated unfairly at work. Uh, my country is at war and this is going on. I'm saying this because as you know, I had similar experience. No two experiences are exactly the same, but I had similar experiences. And I remember as young as I was, I sat there and I thought, this is really happening. This country is not livable for me anymore. There is revolution happening. There is, um, theologists are taking over. There's a war. There was a war between Iran and Iraq. And I had to accept that. I'm sure I didn't call it that at that time, but I did accept it in order to take action. So the second A depends on the first A. Accept what's going on and then act wisely, which you have done. And really, um, it's the 80-20 rule that I talk about, Vicky, and you're familiar with that. Most of the time when we don't have awareness, and that's our third A, when there is no awareness, we are 80, 90% of the time hoping and counting on the events of outside to provide us and gift us with the life we want. When we are awake and aware, we take charge of that 80% and we leave the 20% to the world and the people in the world. And that's what I'm inviting you to do. What if the mad men in history continue to be mad? How do I lead my life differently? Should be your question. And then go forward with that because now you're taking charge. You're saying, These people may go on being who they are. They may go on doing atrocities in the world. They have done it. They've shown us that every few years, somebody does something either at national level where we had it or at international level where we all had it. What do I do? How do I show up differently? That should be the next aim. So acceptance awareness wise action in any, any order that you want. But the first one is acceptance. So I'm going to pause again and check in with you and see how you're doing.
2: Uh, yeah, I have just a small, um, update with regards to the wise choices. You know, it was my luck, maybe if I can say so luck in this situation. But actually on the 24th of February, when the war started, I was out of Ukraine. I was having a vacation and um, that was a trip. It was, you know, so funny again, if I can use this word, that was a trip that um, I had to reschedule three times because of the coronavirus. Then um, the airline canceled my flight and then I just literally It was the trip uh, from the 20th to the 27th of February. So when the war started, I was outside of Ukraine. Um, And, you know, for me, it was really difficult um, to accept the idea in the very first days of the war that I am being safe, like I was still in Europe. And literally my mornings, they started from checking the messages from my family and my first idea in the morning was if they are still alive or they were killed with the rocket or something. And at that point, like speaking about acceptance, because I still have this question, how to accept the choice of close people, you know, people who I love and who I care about, if I do not agree with their choice, because Uh, In my mind, this is a dangerous choice that puts their life uh, in real
1: danger. Yes, another great question. You see, um, and you probably are referring to the fact that some people that you love and care for may have decided to stay Say, for example. Yes. Back home and not come out. And this goes to, believe it or not, the very Very point that I was speaking about, and that is the choice. You see, when we talk about the choice, we think that choice means that making only decisions that are agreeable or acceptable by other people. Vicky, dear, we all have our own journeys. We all have our journeys. And as close as we are biologically to each other, journey wise, we are very far from each other. So you see siblings in the same family, you see parents, you see uh, brothers and sisters, you see cousins that were raised in the same community, share the same biological genes, but they make very, very different decisions. And we can analyze that at psychological level. It was because this and because of that. But at energetic and spiritual level, it's because we have all come to experience and grow and do things separately. I may be your friend, I may be your mother, I may be your sister, but that doesn't mean that I share the same journey, spiritual journey with you. We have chosen families to be born to, sure, but that doesn't mean that we need to have identical uh, approaches and philosophies and journeys. So, I say that because I want you to understand that part of our love for our loved ones is the respect for the journey that they have come to fulfill and live and experience. So if I see my sister, if I see my brother, if I see my spouse, if I see my partner, my children, my mother, my father making decisions that are not in accordance with what I believe is good, or what I believe is good for them, I can only influence, it goes to 80-20 again, about 20%. So if you were my daughter, I would call you and say, Vicky, I really think this is what would be good for you. And I know you have not asked me, but I would like to share with you as your mother. So I would share that with you. And do my best to give evidence and say, because this, because of that. But at one stage, and believe me, I had to do that both as a mother, as a partner, as a sibling, as a daughter, and as a friend, that you put your hands off that decision and that information. Because the more you insist, the more they will defend their position. So you are actually, actually reducing their chances of buying into what you're suggesting. So I'm saying a few things. One, I'm saying, understand that they also have a choice. Two, know that their journey may be very different than yours. Three, I'm saying, of course, as a person that cares for them, you have a responsibility and a desire, and it's okay to share what you think is good for them. But There is also a point, talking about boundaries, hmm? there's a point that I say, you know, I have shared with you what I could share with you. I have put all the evidence that I have in support of what I'm saying. And now it's time to respect your journey, to respect your autonomy, to respect your choice and say, you know, I love you. I care for you. I'm here for you, but I'm not going to insist anymore. Because safety, believe it or not, is a harsher statement I'm going to say, is not more important than choice and growth and spiritual journey. I'm going to stop and see what you have to say, because I know a lot of emotions probably were just provoked.
2: Yes, uh, I like sighed deeply (laughs) when you said that... um probably i'm being maybe a little bit selfish maybe i don't know when i um you know just um play with this idea in my mind that um i should respect their choice but i think maybe about me how i feel like in the worst case scenario so i don't know if i'm being selfish here but it's hard it's really hard and um Yes, it's hard.
1: Yes, and it's good to acknowledge that. It is hard to see our loved ones suffer. It is hard. I completely agree with you. But it is actually harder to interfere with or delay the journey they have come to live. My mother, my father, my child, my partner, my sister, my brother, my friends, my cousins have not come to listen to me and receive direction as to how they should live their journey unless they ask for it. But they have come to do what they have to do. Do I have same experience perhaps in one aspect of life? Yeah, I I may have that. Same way that a physician in the family or an attorney in the family or a plumber in the family may have far more information about how we lead our life and what we do in our home than we do. But there's only so much that you and I will take from them. And there's only so much that we need to take from them. The rest needs to be, okay, give me the information. You are the expert, tell me the information, or you are a person who has more information than me. Give it to me and allow me to make my decisions. So part of the journey we have is to understand that, We need to respect their journey. And then I know the next question, but their journey and their decisions affect my life. They do, they do. But that's also part of your joint journey. It's not an accident. It is not a a lucky or unlucky thing, as you called it. We can have a session about luck. (laughs) That I mothered these children and daughtered that mother, and uh, sistered that brother and sister and and that spouse you know it, it's it wasn't an accident we have come to dance together and part of the dance, my dance is to accept their dance Your turn ah uh,
2: I will try my best <laughs> I will try you know I'll say. Uh, I like this phrase. You will never know if you never try. So, I will try.
1: Yes, yes. It allows you to look at them uh, and their choices differently. Okay. Tell me what so what's happening emo- for you, right now.
2: <laughs> you can see probably some emotions on my face, and uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, if we speak about the choices, me personally right now I'm facing um short term choices or I need to make like short term decisions as well as um long term decisions with regards to how and where I see myself in two, three, five years because I do not know when the war um ends and how it ends and how my country will look when the war ends and like i'm speaking this on may 2022 so um what is the good anchor or what are the good anchors for making those long-term decisions like i feel i feel as if i'm standing at the crossroad right now with like two or three road to choose roads to choose and um if only, you know, I could put myself like in the movie Mr. Nobody, you know, and to play different scenarios in my mind and see how it goes if I choose this road or how it goes if I choose this road or how it goes if I choose this road. And obviously, I cannot do this. It is impossible. What should be a good anchor uh, for me um, to make those choices and decisions, um, apart from emotions, because right now obviously I have a lot of emotions.
1: Yes, and and it's good to acknowledge and honor those emotions. Uh, my invitation to you, Vicky, is in when we are in the fire and you are in the fire emotionally. Uh, the best thing to do is to make short-term decisions with a very gentle very gentle awareness of a longer term because when you are in the situation that you are and there's so many moving elements in your life, the best thing you can do is to really look at your short-term choices in the context of the long-term choices. So for instance, let me give you an example. Say your choice would be where to live, which country in, in Europe or North America to live. I'm just making an example. And and if you make a decision as to what would I do like in 10 years time and 20 years time, that might be too much to handle right now. But if you say for the next year or so, what would be the best place for me to be in, considering that my family is in Europe and and my work is here and my whatever, I mean, I'm just making up facts and considering those things, what would be the best next year or so for me, uh, what what's the best place for me to live in the next year or so? And then, so that's 80% of your attention. For the next year or so, what would be the best place for me? And then you may have some longer term sort of ideas about it. But th- that long term really depends on factors that you don't have access to right now. As you said, you don't know when the war in your country will Finish. You don't know if your family members will get out. You don't know a lot of things. So, the short term and then with the out long term outlook in the background. So, for instance, you may say, I will do this for the next year or so. That's my best option. Because if I have to stay there for, for a long, long time or for forever, then that would be a good option still. It's not bad. But also, if I lived there and I had to move a year later and go say to US, for instance, would that be a better choice? You may say yes, because they speak English and they they have like international kind of contacts there that I can still take that experience in this particular country and take it if I want to move to US, for instance. So you see, the focus is on the short term and with the gentle awareness of the long term, because if I was in that situation that you're in, like I'm thinking when I escaped and literally fled Iran and walked out of the country, if I was sitting on the border of Iran and Turkey deciding where is the best place to raise my kids in? And I wasn't, <laughs> you know, I didn't have any children. I was very young myself. It, w- it would have freaked me out it would have really freaked me out because I had no idea. I didn't have visa. I didn't have money. I didn't know anyone. But if I said, what's the best city I can go to from this corner, a middle of middle of nowhere that I could have handled that. All of my choice energy, I call them choice energy would go on the next best step and place for me. And then I could make that. I said, okay, okay. Uh, and the best place for me is to go to Ankara because I was in Turkey and that was the capital city and I could have access to all the embassies. So I made that choice. It became easy. And then when I was in Ankara, then I said, what's the next best place? And the next place was, I went to Paris. And what's the next place to, you know, start living and, and working? Then that was another answer. You see, step by step, it's possible, But if I stood there at the corner shaking and and being petrified and worried about my family that I left behind, I couldn't make the decision where's the right place for me to live and work and, you know, bring children to this world and and start a profession. I, I didn't have the access to information or access to right emotions to make that long term decision. I'm going to stop and see if this is going home for you, Vicky
2: yes yes it's going home for me uh and um yes i will i will try to do that because right now i have such a mess in my head with regards to the choices and long-term decisions that i do not know even where i should start you know to clean up this mess in my head to be honest um and um yeah the thing maybe i would like to share um it's not a question but maybe some um, conclusion or discovery for me uh from all this situation first of all you know if i ever write a book about my life <laughs> and you should <laughs> yeah, probably it will be about people about people in my life uh about different people and i have learned so many things about people uh, in general since um February 24th um like you know people's reactions to um the situation and I will never forget you know on the 24th of February when I was in Iceland um on a vacation I had the trip booked for this day and um it was a guided tour and I decided that I will I would not cancel it because I simply will go crazy if I stay like at the Airbnb or hotel tell on my own and i just i just needed to, to go out and when i entered the bus um with the group um before that like when i was making an application for this tour i was supposed to mention my name surname passport details and nationality and it was i remember 8 a.m time on the twenty fourth of february and when they asked my name i said victoria they found me in the list and the guy told me i'm so sorry for you and your country And that was the moment when I just literally burst into tears. Like, I just could not hold it in myself. I was crying just in front of this, you know, tourists from all over the world in the bus. And I mean, and I had so many um, situations like that uh, when people were offering help, support, just, you know, some words or when they were even asking, how can I help? And at those moments, I did not know what to answer because I did not know what help I need um, so this is like the biggest um maybe one of the biggest lessons I've learned that there are so many people who are ready to share help and support and the world the world is so united and me being Ukrainian in Europe, I feel this so strongly um I feel this support even on the energy level. And this really
1: gives me hope that
2: everything will be okay.
1: (laughs) Wow. What a great share. Thank you, Vicky. I mean, in the midst of atrocities, you see how you have found these kindness and compassionate people with their words, with their actions. And it's important to remember that because sometimes we generalize the the dramas of life and how bad the world is and the people are. But the fact is, those are really the minority. People who are not kind are the minority. And most people in the world are actually compassionate, kind people who just want to help and be connected and be, you know, wonderful human beings. And I just wanted to also mention, because we have talked about this too, even though we're speaking about Ukraine, because Vicky is from Ukraine. I want to acknowledge that there are atrocities happening around the world as we speak. Ukraine is not the only country, but it's the most uh, obvious one at this moment. There is Afghanistan, there is Iran, there is Somalia, there is the whole Middle East in turmoil. What is happening between Israelis and Palestinians? We want to talk about these things because... These are things that are happening. Families are suffering at all, all kinds of sides. It's not just one side. P- families are suffering because of the decisions that governments have made, unwise, unkind decisions that people in charge have made. So I want to acknowledge that and, and really talk about that because we don't want to just say that we usually get, you know, comments about oh, why didn't you mention this country and why didn't you mention that country? We're talking about everybody, every human being that is suffering, not due to their personal decisions, but due to the fact that governments and people in charge and authority, um, with authority, have made unkind, unwise, inhuman decisions that have caused so much pain and so much suffering in the world. I wanna thank you, Vicky, for having the courage to come and speak to me today. And I wanna, because I'm a coach, talk about just a gentle summary of what we talked about. We talked about how to work with your emotions as you feel and experience these charged emotions, welcome them, allow them to be there, acknowledge them, but also remember, that you do have a choice, you don't need to suffer through them, you can use them as a fuel to make changes to move forward and to get, you know, um, basically uh, a, a landmark in your life that you can change it the way you want to change it. We talked about how to deal with loved ones that make decisions that you don't agree with. And I mentioned the fact that they have their own journey And even though you may share genes or history or experiences or love with each other, doesn't mean that your journeys and decisions need to be same. You can express your ideas, your information, your wisdom, but you have to leave the decision making to them because there is a free choice for everybody, not just for you and I. And then we also talked about the process of decision making when you are in the middle of difficult times, like what you are in, and the suggestion and invitation I had was that you really break it into steps and take one step at a time. By by same token, I'm saying that you need to have the bigger picture in mind, but allow the short term um, health and well being to be the main uh, focus for you, so that you can make decisions one step at a time. And then hopefully soon you'll be able to make decisions that are more longer term. So that's it for me. I thank you again for your courage, for for the information that you have shared, for all the wonderful, wonderful uh, things that I know about you, how you have continued to work, how you have continued to support your family and anybody else that you could. And I just wanted to tell you how grateful I am to have you as a team member and um, and as a support. I hope that I can be of more support for you and anybody else that might need my help.
2: Oh, Mitra, thank you so much. Thank you. I really hope that our conversation um, will help um, some other people who are probably experiencing the same situation right now. Thank you.
1: Thank you. And this is it for our, this session. Until the next time be wonderful as you are and stay curious as you are. Let's talk later. Bye-bye. Bye.
0: Hope this episode answered the question or two for you or provoked and inspired questions in you. I'm so grateful you showed up and listened up. Until the next time, be well
1: and stay curious.